0: I don't know how this is going to come out today. I feel like I've been in a real battle this week in in putting something down to speak on. Something I'm really passionate about and should come easy uh, has been just a fight. I've had loads of time to do it as well. But it's just been a fight and a battle. And um, so I'm not entirely sure how this is going to come out. Um, So let's see. You could, could... would be interesting I don't know whether you noticed this this morning, but we started the morning talking about the presence of God and then the songs took us into singing about mission and then we came back into songs about the presence of God wow. and now we're back into mission again yeah. and there's no accident there because that's how God works. We have the presence of God that we then take out with us. Come on. This isn't what I've got prepared, but we'll go with this for a minute. Um, That's what happens. Because God, in his grace, allows us to come into his presence and it's good for us. And that's a good thing, but it can't just end there. We've got to do something with it. We can't just hold on to it. We're not a people who gather God's presence like fish in a net and then keep it to ourselves. We've then got to feed others with it. So we take it out with us. And that's kind of what I'm speaking about, I think, today. Um, We've been looking over the last few weeks, as Rob said, about being God's family. And today we are continuing that because family is not a static thing. Family is a living, breathing, growing thing. So if we never grow from here, and I do mean numerically as well as personally, then we will die as a family, because families grow. Families multiply. Anything that grows, multiplies. When a tree is growing, the cells within it are multiplying. When we are growing, some of us, some of our cells, some of us have cells that multiplied more than others. Okay, when I was growing, my cells did multiply, but then they stopped. (laughs) But they grow. We grow and multiply as a church family, as disciples. Simon and Becky spoke last week about the way we look after one another, the way we grow one another, the way we disciple and pastor one another. And then from there, as we do that, we become a blessing to the nations and that's really what I want to talk about today is the fact that we, the church, this family are a blessing to the nations and this really is going to be, it's kind of a two-parter because I'm speaking again I think in three weeks or something like that and I'm going to build on top of this. So this may feel incomplete, there's a reason for that and there's, I just can't say everything there is to say. Um, If any of this whets your appetite, I can highly recommend this. I've just read this in the last two weeks. So it's it's not as it's I've had time. Um, This is brilliant. It's called The Mission of God's People by Christopher J.H. Wright in a series of books called Biblical Theology for Life. It's not a difficult read at all. And it is superb. Absolutely superb. So I can highly recommend that. Because a lot of what I say today, I've been inspired by that. But also it's helped me to articulate what I already know and I'm passionate about. But sometimes you have to have some help in framing that. And so that is an excellent book and I can highly recommend it. But in it, the author makes a very provocative statement. And I want to start with that. He said, God does not have a mission for his church. God does not have a mission for his church. That's not what you expected to hear, is it? Not really. But as I leave that hanging there, that's only half the quote. The full quote says, God does not have a mission for his church. He has a church for his mission. Wow, yeah. It's profound, isn't it? It's not mine. I wish I'd thought of that. That's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> Christopher Wright in that book. You see, right from the very beginning, we need to understand that the church family is there for God's mission. Because if it was there, if if it was our mission, it would be all about us. And it's not about us, it's all about God. We are here for God's mission. It's why we're here. It's what we exist for. God has a mission for his church. Uh, Sorry, a church for his mission, I'm going to say. I knew I'd say that wrong. (laughs) God has a church for his mission. It's God's mission. It's just such a huge topic, this. But let's get into this and, and see where we go. So why are we on a mission at all? Why, why, what is God's mission? Why, why are we doing it? When we're talking about this, the expectation, and often the way people approach this, is to jump straight into Matthew 28 what we call the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. But I'm not starting there. I'm going to start at the beginning because that's a very good place to start. (laughs) I can't even remember where that comes. Is that sound of music? music. Okay, thank you. (laughs) You see, Matthew 28 was just a restating of the mission of God that was there right throughout history. And that's what I'm going to show you, try to show you today. You see, Genesis, God created the universe and within that, the earth and its whole diverse and beautiful ecosystem that we have. And God said that was good. Then he made man and said that was very good. And then God gave Adam a mission and part of that mission was to look after the earth. We're not going to get into that at the moment it's something I'm reading a lot about and really want to talk about at some point in that God never rescinded that mission to look after the earth. We've got a planet that we need to look after. I better not start on that. <laughs> we need as Christians to be concerned for our planet. So when we read about climate change and the problems with that, we should be at the forefront of some of that. And actually, um, this is going down a... I used to work at the Hadley Centre for Climate Prediction and Research many, many years ago. It was my first job at the Met office. And one of the leading climate scientists there who heads a lot of all that up is a Christian. A wonderful, wonderful man who is concerned for our environment. He's a great guy. Anyway, that's not what I'm here to talk about. But one day I will talk about that. Um, And then, so we've got this amazing planet. And God said to Adam and Eve, look after it, steward it well. But he also said in Genesis 128, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. This perfect people of God, the first family, which is who they were, were given the mission of filling the earth with a multiplication of God's people. You see, right from the very beginning, God's people were expected to multiply and fill the earth. Why? To bring glory to God and have God as the central focus. God's mission is still for the praise of his glory. But it went wrong. We rebelled. Mankind rebelled against God. But God's mission is still to bring people to himself and have a people belonging to him that focus on him, that worship him, that glorify him. John Piper, a well-known preacher and writer, said this. Mission exists because worship doesn't. We, the chief end of man, is to glorify God and worship him and enjoy him. But there are people out there who don't, who don't know him. We sang earlier, for our inheritance, give us the lost. Do we mean that? There are people out there that need to be here worshipping with us. Not that it's all about a Sunday morning, but man, how good is it to worship God together? It's incredible. I needed that this morning. I needed that this morning. God's mission is to reach all people on earth for his glory, to worship him. How does he do that? He does it through us, his family. So as a church family, how do we do that? How do we do God's mission Well, we come to the passage that I'm actually going to speak on. I've had a bad throat all week, so I'm having to drink. Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3, that's where we're going to mainly um, look at. You see, it's good to start from the beginning. We need to understand what we are part of so that we can make sense of it and carry it forward. So Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. I'll read this out. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Now the Lord said to Abram, so this is Abraham, but before he was called Abraham, he was called Abram. It often happens in the Bible that when God gives a mission, he changes the name um, of the person. So the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make... Of you, a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, this here was set against an increasing backdrop of darkness in the world of sin. Of just, it was just all going horribly wrong. Sin was rife. But Abraham was called to be different. He was called to be an antidote. Now, before we dissect this and apply this to us, what we need to know is, is what Abraham was called to also what we're called to? Because what we, have to, we have to be really careful that we don't just go to the Old Testament and lift great chunks and go, yeah, that's for us too. We have to be careful how we do this. So... It's an easy question to answer this, but it's important that we do it. So in Galatians chapter three, verse 13 and 14, Paul says this. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hanged on a tree. Okay, that's referring to the crucifixion of Jesus. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Paul is saying that because of what Jesus did on the cross, he was carrying on what was given to Abraham and making him a blessing to all families, all nations. This was being opened up to us because of what Jesus did. And so from that, we get brought into God's family. We become joined with all those who have a relationship with God by faith through Jesus. Whatever nation. As a result, we become children of Abraham. We become part of the same family of Abraham and we become heirs to the promise of God through Abraham. But we don't just become recipients of this. We also become carriers of it. So what does this mean for us? Well, let's work through these few verses here. First thing, Abraham was told, go. There's always a go in mission. Abraham was told to go. Noah, when he went into the ark, he went in the ark away from darkness. This is part of the redemption of mankind at that time. Moses, well, he was always going. He went as a baby before he even knew it. He was put in a tent, he was sent. And then when Moses later on said to Pharaoh, he said, let my people go. They needed to go. And the common thing is here on mission, it's go. And mission is all about redemption. And go is all about being redeemed because you're going to those who need to be redeemed. But in the going, you are also redeemed. It's brilliant. It's amazing how this Bible all hangs together and works together and it's perfect. It's wonderful. In the New Testament, then, we are told, go into all the earth. We are sent. Now, go doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go somewhere else, go to a different nation. Although it might mean that. And sometimes it does mean that. What it means is we need to be available for God to send us to do his will. We as a church family need a willingness to be mobile in God's purposes. You are to go to the people you work with. You are to go to your friends and your family. You are to go to maybe a club or a group of people with whom you share an interest. Where's God calling you to go? What people group is God calling you to go to? And are you willing to go? Let me tell you, there's always a cost to going. God has done it with us as a family a number of times. We moved from Bracknell to Birmingham to go and be part of a church plant. We moved from Birmingham to Bromsgrove to go and be part of a church plant. There are times when you don't realise that God is calling you to go and you either miss it or you're so settled where you are that you don't understand that God is calling you to go. And God needs to use rather extreme circumstances in order to get you to go. We had that happen almost two almost two and a half years ago now. And you look at those circumstances and you think, but people were doing wrong things to me. And God says, Yes, okay, but remember Joseph. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, but what did he take to them? This was to fulfill God's purposes. Joseph was sent by God. His brothers didn't realize they were part of God's plan to send him, but he was sent. I want to tell you today that you are maybe here this morning having not expected it. I know there are people here who are here today, who never expected to be here as part of Jubilee. It's no accident. God sent you here. God put you here. And even though the circumstances may not have been very pleasant, that was what God needed to move you here. There's no accidents in God's kingdom. And I think I've said that before. This is where you are called to be. To be part of the mission. God's mission and the way he's doing it through this local church. You know, sometimes we need reminding, don't we, that God has put us here for a very clear purpose. I need reminding of that regularly. (laughs) I can hear agreement from over there. I'm so forgetful about what God's doing and what God's done. Common problem. Yeah. yeah. Common problem. To quote, I'll try and quote this lyric right. And the, the story that brought you here isn't the thing that's changed. The story's the same. It's just God's changed some of the circumstances around it. God has never failed you. No. If you think he has, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Yeah. That's harsh, isn't it? But it's true. God doesn't fail. Yeah. We know that. So we have to look and say, "Okay, what is it God's got for me here then? Then we come to the reason for going and the promise that follows for Abraham. God was telling Abraham to go because he was going to make him a great nation and a blessing God had a mission to redeem mankind from its rebellion against God. And he was going to use Abraham. How? By making him a great nation. Abraham, as he was at the time, and his wife Sarah had no children. So how on earth was that going to happen? And they didn't think they were likely to have any children at that point. How was that going to happen? How on earth was that going to bless all families and all nations? Nothing gets in the way of God's plans. And if you don't know the story, I'm sure you do. From Abraham eventually comes the nation of Israel. From the nation of Israel comes someone called Jesus. And from Jesus comes the death and a resurrection that redeems all of mankind to himself, including us. God's plans never fail. The small matter of the fact that Abraham and Sarah didn't have any kids at the time was not a problem for God. Because God made sure they did have children and they did become a great nation. And they have been a blessing to every nation because the gospel has gone out all, all over the place. And we are recipients of that blessing. But we carry on that blessing. We carry on that mission to bless all families, all nations. We saw last week that part of that mission is the way we look after one another. We bless one another. We pass to one another. And then this extends outwards. We do that for one another. We sort of walk the walk here. And then we take it out to those around us. And then we look at how Abraham was expected to do it Genesis chapter 18 and verse 19 says this for I have chosen him that's Abraham that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised so first God said he'd chosen Abraham okay I've chosen him God chose you this, this, This is for us too. God has chosen you. Again, no accidents. God has chosen you. Not just to be his, but to be here and his. You are not an afterthought. I don't know everybody's background here. But if anybody thinks that they are an accident, that their parents never intended them or anything like that, absolute rubbish. You are chosen in Christ. You are chosen by him. It doesn't matter how you became a Christian in one sense and it doesn't matter how you ended up in Jubilee Church to a degree. The fact is you were chosen and sent and for a purpose. Ephesians 1 Verses three to four says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. You were on God's mind before he even created the world and he chose you to be part of his family and to be part of his mission. He chose us before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. Abraham was chosen all that time ago. And you are chosen now to be part of the very same master plan as Abraham. That very same mission that's run through all history. You are part of it. You have a part to play. Abraham was chosen Genesis 18 tells us that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. Abraham was chosen to keep the way of the Lord, to instruct the members of his household, his staff, his slaves, his children, his family, his extended family. And that went on then to the even more extended family of the of the nation of Israel. He was to teach all that God had commanded him in order to make disciples. The result of which would be so the Lord may bring to Abraham what he promised him. What did he promise him? To bless all the families and nations. So the way he was to do that was to instruct them with everything he knew. Does that ring any bells? Matthew 28 said we get here. Verses 19 and 20. Go therefore, and make disciples of all nations. So there's the go, same as with Abraham. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Just the same as the commission to Abraham. This wasn't the beginning of it. The beginning of it was right at the beginning of time. And what Jesus was saying there was just restating his mission for the church through all eternity, through all time. We have been chosen. We are to do all that God has commanded us and we're to teach it to others and in doing so, we make disciples. It's what Simon and Becky were talking about last week. And then we take everything we know and we take it out and we teach others. People don't know often that we're teaching them. But in the way you are in your workplace, in the way you hold yourself, in the way you talk to people, tomorrow I wasn't going to mention it. Tomorrow I've I've asked for a meeting with my, not my boss, but my boss's boss to talk about the state of the company and um, and my role in it. And um, one of the problems is that they've just got no strategy and vision for anyone to believe in. And so I'm really tempted to say to him, do you know what? Without vision, the people perish. (laughs) I'm going to quote the Bible to him. And do you know what? That is exactly what is happening at that place. The people don't want to be there because they don't know why they're there. People need to know why they belong. We belong here as part of a mission, part of what God's doing. And not just something God's decided to do in the last few years or few hundred years, but thousands of years throughout all of history. That is what we're here for. And we're reaching out to people and we can teach them that. And it's part of our mission to be a blessing to them. I've got to say it to him in a way that's a blessing to him. (laughs) That's going to be the tricky part. (sighs) So in order to carry on that commission that God gave to Abraham, we need to do all that God has commanded us. Remember, Abraham was given this commission against a rapidly declining and sinful society. Sound familiar? We live in a world that seems intent on tearing itself apart at the moment. But I believe we live in unprecedented times in terms of an opportunity for the gospel. For people who are living out all that God has commanded them to live out. I think the message that we've got. People are ready for it. We've got predictions of another financial crisis. We've got the unknowns of Brexit. We see companies going out of business, jobs being lost. We've got the climate in meltdown. We're living in a polluted planet. Do I need to go on? We're living in a time of utter depravity. There is no hope. The world offers no hope. The government offers no hope. Science offers no hope. There is no hope other than what we have and we carry and we are to take to the world. If we aren't taking out hope, nobody else will. All that God has commanded us, all that we've been taught, we have a hope. How do I know that? Because I've been taught that. I am now to teach everyone else that. You are to teach everyone else that, that there is a hope in Jesus. That is what we carry. That is what Abraham carried. That's what we carry. There is no security in this world. You know, the banks all collapsed, however, many years ago, and there was all this, and they said, oh, there's no security in the banks anymore, in the financial system. So what did they do? They just kind of patched it up and put it back to what it was before and said, let's try again. Mm-hmm. What is it they say? The definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. It's not going to have a different result because their hope is not in financial institutions. It's in Jesus. But the world doesn't know that. So they're chasing stuff. They're chasing stuff. We need financial institutions. We need all those. Don't get me wrong. But our hope is not in that. We need the government, but our hope is not in the government to fix it. Whatever party... (laughs) They can't fix it because they need God to fix it. God has called us, his family, to be the antidote. Just as he called Abraham to be the antidote. We carry that same mission that's been there throughout all of history. Isn't it good to be a part of something that's not going to fail? You know, people ask you the question sometimes, what would you do if you knew it wouldn't fail? I'm already doing something that I know won't fail. Ask me another one. <laughs> we are part of the kingdom of God that will never fail. You are on a mission that will never fail. Your part in it will never fail because it's God's mission and God's calling and God's put it there for you. And he will never fail. We, by our very nature, as we disciple and pastor one another, will become more Christ-like. The more Christ-like we become, the more of a light to the world and a blessing to the world we become. We can see that because it's already worked. We can see what happened throughout the Bible. The promise that was given to Abraham, that the gospel would go out far and wide, past what Abraham even knew or understood. He didn't understand the world in a global context at that point. He just had a promise. And we know that that promise has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled. But as we become more Christ-like, we become more of a blessing. People will see this and it will be attractive. John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. You see, as a family, we model something that's attractive to the world. We, as we become more Christ-like, as we do the pastoring more and more, again, that was talked about last week, the mission gets easier and easier because we become more Christ-like and people are attracted to the church family because of what they see and because of our love for one another. And they say, well, I, I, that's what I need. And so as Abraham taught everything he knew and we teach everything we know, we become more Christ-like and people are attracted to us. And yes, obviously, don't, please don't think I've forgotten that there's a spoken element to sharing the gospel. I'm going to get to that next time. I'm going to talk more about that, uh, I think. I haven't prepared it yet, but something along those lines, I think, to build on this. But what I wanted to get across was your place in the history of God's mission as, a, as, as the family of God and the blessing that we are to the nations. We are that blessing. Let me just add one more thing before I start to wrap up. Israel got lots wrong. And we read about that in the Bible. They rebelled against God. They angered God. They were taken into exile on more than one occasion as God punished them for their rebellion. But guess what? Even then, God was still using them to bless other nations. You look at the story of Daniel. Daniel was carried off into exile by Nebuchadnezzar. What happened? He was a massive blessing to that nation. What I'm trying to say here is don't think that we have to have everything right and sorted before we bless others. If you think, but I'm not really on it at the moment, I'm, you know, my life's a bit all over the place and I don't know what God's doing with me and I've got some things wrong and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we do. But you're still a blessing. You're still carrying the hope of a nation. You're still carrying that. And actually, sometimes when things feel like they've gone wrong, it's because God's putting you in a place where you can be a blessing to someone. We do get things wrong. We don't always do what God wants us to do. Sometimes we just miss them completely. We're not a blessing because we're perfect, because that would make it about us. And it's not about us, is it? It's about God. And he can use us in that imperfect state to be a blessing to those around us. We're a blessing because as we seek to worship God and do his will, he blesses us and then he reaches others through us. You are more of a blessing to those around you who don't know God than you realize. You don't even know the way you're impacting people. I was I belong to a company. Well, I might have shared this before many years ago. Um, I tell the same stories over and over because I forget that I've told them and and. You can tell me stories, and and they just seem new to me every time. It's great. Um, I'll tell people jokes that they told me a week before, thinking that... (laughs) But anyway, I belonged to a company once, and um, I was leaving. I'd handed in my resignation, and as I... um, I can't remember, it was my last day, or at some point as I was due to leave, someone... One of the ladies in the office took me to one side and said, It's such a shame you're leaving. You're the only one in this company with any integrity. And I had no idea where that had come from. I, I, had, um, I didn't think I'd done anything special. I'd just been me. Just be you. That's what God's calling you to be. Just be you where you work, just be you with your friends. And he will do things through you that you never expected, even when you haven't actually articulated the gospel, because the gospel lives with you and in you. You are a living example of the gospel. Teach people what you know and you will bless them and we will be a blessing to their families and the nations around us. I hope that this has been an encouragement to show what you're part of that you're part of something that shaped the world for thousands of years and you're part of God's mission to redeem the world and that you are a blessing to those around you. Next time I speak, I'm going to build on this in terms of how we go out and how we do mission a little bit more. But God wants us as a family to be a blessing and and you are a blessing to one another and to those around you. I want to finish with just a couple of questions, provocations uh, around this. I might think of more. I've got two here. I might think of more as I talk about them. Um, Where is God saying go to you? I don't necessarily mean that in a geographical sense either, about leaving or going somewhere else. what's God got? that I don't know. Let me give you an example. I love cycling and I cycle with some friends who aren't Christians. That for me is a going. And I love it. You know you can enjoy this, don't you? You know you can enjoy. God's put things in you that you enjoy. Clubs that you could go to where you enjoy things, but actually then you're a blessing to those around you. Where is God calling you? To go. You may have a very clear answer to that, which is brilliant. Go and be a blessing to those around you and teach them what you know. Here's another one remember that you're not part of Jubilee Church Solihull because of some accident or random event. You're here because God sent you here to be a blessing to those around you and to be on the mission that this local church is on to be a blessing to Solihull and the surrounding areas. Do you does your thinking need to change on that? I want to provoke you in that. Does your thinking need to change in that? And one more that actually came to me during worship as we sang that song where we talk about our inheritance being the lost. Can you really say that? Can I really say that? Is that what I want? Is that what I'm chasing? For the lost to be here worshipping with us? Is that what I want? Is that my inheritance? And you know what? An inheritance is something that you receive... And are happy with. And you take on board. And. Are you happy for that? Are you happy for the inherit Your inheritance. On this earth. To be the lost. I don't. I don't know whether. I don't know how honestly we can answer that sometimes. I'm going to pray. For us. And commission us as a blessing to the nations as a blessing to the families that you know and the people around us father god we know you've got an amazing mission and we're part of that because we've been redeemed already because we are your people we belong to you you've saved us you've dragged us out of that miry clay and set our feet on a rock on you and father god we are eternally grateful but father we know there are so many more who are lost who are just going about their business without you not knowing you not understanding the path of destruction that they're on but at the same time knowing that there's no satisfaction father god send us out Send us out from this place as your people, as your family, as your as the carriers of your promise to be a blessing to all nations. So as we stand here now, we send you out. Go in the name of Jesus. To be a blessing to those around you, to be a blessing to the people you work with, to be a blessing to your family, to be a blessing to everybody you know. And all those you don't yet know who you will come across, that God will bring you, bring across your path. Go now and be a blessing to them in the name of Jesus. Amen.